1: welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. <laughs> I am your host, Roddy Cat, and you can find me at Roddy Cats on Twitter. You can also find me at News Need on Twitter. You can also find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Yeah, anyway, uh, <laughs> and the sound effects you heard, j- uh, provided are by our man in Brooklyn. One smooth operator, if you go by the big daddy cane rules, uh, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram.
0: Sup, everybody? We're Brooklyn, we're Brooklyn,
1: we're Brooklyn. See, so you got to make that dis- distinction because some people are like, Well, Michael Jackson, no, no, we're talking. Yeah, well, I smooth criminal, but you get exactly. At any case, you could find. Stop so smooth. Exactly. Come on, people. I know. Get rid of it, folks. Come on. Um, you can find this here program on the Coles Leather Podcast Network, at CSPN dot US. Do it today, and not U.S. Like, like in trading, like in um the toy, but that's all that you have to be of a very certain vintage to know that movie anyway you can also find us at your podcast perusal place of choice whether it be google play apple itunes aka apple podcasts uh spotify or the Coles Sleather podcast network's soundcloud page because sometimes you just gotta sound that out with all the other clouds folks tonight we got new releases Yep, yep. And um, we're going to get into said new releases and we forgot to actually pick one to start with. But, but that's we have fine. a few
0: that we have in common. It's not gonna to be too hard. That is absolutely how, true. How about we start I think we, we actually all we have them all in common. You, um, yeah, yeah. how about I actually had a lot of fun reading this one particular book that unfortunately finds itself um, at the end of its particular course, and that is Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda. Wait, was this the. Um... It
1: oh, is. that's right. That's right, because the last page did say, yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's to be expected. But yes, Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda, while I put up, pull up a um, sheet to start. So you go ahead and start this off, if you don't mind.
0: Sure, not a problem. So um, I have not been reading this book very closely. But I did catch wind that this was going to be the last issue of this particular volume of the series, and I was you know I was disappointed to hear that, but um you know i I, I intended to see what was going on with it, and it's got this very eclectic mix of characters, it's a mix of reserve Avengers and characters taken from all corners of the Marvel Universe by uh, the Black Panther to act as agents of Wakanda. They're active agents and agents were on call. In this issue, we find ourselves um, smack dab in the middle of a dragon attack on Avengers Mountain with several active members of the agents of Wakanda trying to engage these dragons and keep them from uh, destroying Avengers Mountain. Now, Avengers Mountain is the size of a celestial because it is the body of a dead celestial inside a mountain. True, but these dragons, while not being the same size as um, as the celestial, still pack a uh, uh, pack a punch, pack a lot of uh, flame breath, and uh, are on the verge of breaching the Avengers Mountain defenses. We have. Um, very we quickly find out where these dragons come from as i said i haven't read i haven't read this series since maybe the first several issues so right. i'm and not familiar with what's happened
1: well and this development happened pretty much last last uh issue anyway so it wasn't nothing that was just kind of ongoing like this gotcha. kinda, yeah this just came up like last issue gotcha so.
0: So we find out where these dragons have come from, and and it's and it's thanks to the investigation, the inquiry, the interrogation uh, performed by one brew uh, of uh, the Jean Gray School for gifted uh, you know for <laughs> for gifted students, mm-hmm. formerly of the Jean Gray School. Um, so it's kind of cool to see that brew kind of takes uh kind of get some uh get some shine here i called it in my notes getting some playing time yeah
1: actually you know uh, what in the last, if we if we go by the last say like, month, this is probably the second time brew has saved a day this is actually <laughs> the second time brew has saved a day if you if you remember uh x-men
0: possibly possibly i can't remember exactly it's so hard to remember what we've been reading to be
1: honest yeah but but basically he he pretty much saved the day uh, against his own people and the pages. Oh,
0: that's right! Left. Now I remember. Yeah. Now I remember. Now I remember.
1: Which was a, which With was the... a funny ending. Yeah.
0: That's correct. That's correct. That's correct. When he was supposed so, to be
1: juicing, but anyway, next up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: No, all I was going to say, and, and I'll let you pick up from here. All I was going to say is that what we find out is thanks to Bruce's um, uh, interrogation of a certain dragon we're all familiar with we find out where these dragons who are now attacking avengers mountain come from and we get a nice little retrospective on this dragon's history with the marvel universe and uh with the with the with the heroes of earth so there's a lot of uh, cool uh background information that is uh that is uh you know given to us in the form of flashback and we find out how we have gotten to this point, where um, there are apparently three separate dragons, I mean, four separate dragons, where there once was one. Mm.
1: Think Death of Superman without the death part, and you're pretty much partway there, right? But yes, yeah, so and we find so I'm uh, the, going into this. Was reading this. It was like, um, you know, this is pretty much how. No, well, probably some pun intended. How reduced and I would just go ahead and say the name of the of the the main dragon who's surrounded in this, fin Fang Foom. Right. Um and how reduced this character's um you know presence has been as a as a villain or or in any you know such thing in the probably a good decade or so if we're we're being honest i don't know because every now and then you see finfin comes in and it's like yeah he'll either be in a beginning arc or he'll be like yeah he'll come in for one thing another gets defeated and then just goes about his merry way or something like that you know and he was actually reduced to small stature in this issue so you know i feel like some of that is some behind the scenes telling (laughs) right Uh, But yeah, but outside of that, I don't really have much else to say outside of the fact that, um, you know, this wrapped up fairly, fairly nice and neat. And, um, you know, it it was a, a, a fun read. It, I guess, I guess it didn't read to me like it was ending uh, more like this was like yeah this is just an arc that was happening going into the next one but at the same time most of the arcs in this in this book has kind of been like that and it's only been nine issues so but it's been fun with this book and I kind of hate to see it go like I I hate to say it but a lot of books with Black Panther attached to it get shuffled very early I'm looking at you Black Panther and the crew and and uh, <laughs> um, and uh, World right. of Wakanda when it didn't I'll- even have time to breathe.
0: I was going to mention that uh, Jim's Up, I believe, confirmed the news on social media, mm. if not yesterday, today. So I, I do remember seeing it um, pass through my timeline somewhere. Sure. So that kind of spurred me into uh, into reading this, just to see what had been going on. And it's, it's a shame because it was just a very – at least this issue was lighthearted. You know, there's really some – um angst you know uh with re- in uh, there's some angst in relation to how um, fin feng foom uh you know comes to be where he is at the beginning of this issue but right you know once once that's taken care of it's it's really an interesting um it's really an interesting uh Way to, uh, to to end the series, or at least to end this particular story arc, which right. uh, which led to the end of the series.
1: Right, and you know, Brew got some shine as we said, but um, but also it was, uh, I guess going back to the whole flashbacks and the the what we ended up knowing about um uh, Fafnir and his race and how he came to, you know, how those other dragons came to be and all that other stuff. Um, you know, Marvel's been kind of doing that stuff, like you notably in some of the Spidey stuff where it's like we all, we get these kind of resounding background stories that some of it might be slightly revised. Some of it's just like, Hey, just in case you did not know, like it starts off as like, in case you did not know, this is where this person comes from. And then some stuff gets kind of gets revised in their history or cleaned up uh, mm-hmm. in cases and leading them into their current status. And this didn't feel like any different from that, you know, that's been going on from the last couple of years, which is good to see. But, uh, you know, it is still what it is. So, yeah, it was sad to see this. It is going to be sad to see this book go. There is going to be an Empire tie in, as I said, at the end of this. That's canceled, too. Really?
0: Yeah, that was part oh, of. Oh, that the- was one of the ones that was
1: canceled? Oh. That
0: was part of the reduction of the size of the event. Right. God damn it, Marvel.
1: <laughs> Just can't have nothing nice.
0: Uh, there's a lot of those tie-in books. Empire was going to be this huge sprawling yeah. thing, and for several reasons, you know, including COVID nineteen, that has gone by the wayside. So
1: and sorts of uh, sorts of uh, sorts of X. Uh, let's, let's be honest. Sorts of X uh, gained some stuff. This other event lost some stuff. Coincidence? I think not. Right. But anyway, that was Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda. It's still a pretty fun read, for, you know, despite as short of these... Like, they could have at least given the to toilet. Let me come on. Anyway, um, that, that is, is a fun read. I, sh- I still say you should check it out for the the, the eclectic cast of... Um, shout out to Eclectic, but not that eclectic um, cast of folks. If that's not confusing, I don't know what it is. Um... It, yeah, it's still a good, fun read to check out if you if you ever get a chance to, despite its shortness. So let us move on to another book. Oh, you didn't read Strange Academy. Boo. Let's go on to a book... I missed that. Yeah. Uh, a book I miss- that I and you and I have both read when it was still, you know, things were still going out uh, that is related to that. and Dr. Strange Surgeon Supreme number five. I absolutely forgot, almost absolutely forgot what was going on in this book, but luckily the, the thread was not that hard to follow. Um. So basically, as, as I say in my notes, uh, Steven is pretty much still on his Armor Wars.
0: <laughs>
1: his magical pretty Armor up. Wars quest. Uh, because he found out that, uh, hey, there was a lot of uh, magic items that are being used, and those magic items came from his forge. Uh, and that's where pretty much this volume of Doctor Strange has been going, and he's also been trying to balance out his uh, social supreme life with his actual surgeon life that he's gotten back into, because he, he's now back to being a multifunctional doctor. Right. Surgeon. Surgeon. Uh, to be more specific. And also, for some strange reason, Doctor Druid is back. And I still think there is some, some with the reverse
0: mustache. Yeah, no, right? With- What's throwing me about Dr. Druid is that he's got a reverse mustache. And when I say reverse, his mustache is not facing in the, in the direction that it used to. Mm-hmm. And that just throws me off. I'm like, who is this? What is the character? Oh, okay. You have to remind me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely looks a little bit different than he used to.
1: Like, he's definitely more bald than he used to because he used to rock a Caesar and had a, had a, had a cloak. But, you know. No, was... He,
0: uh, I was about to say, wasn't he, didn't he just have like a bald head with sides? Well that's, like, well, that's pretty much a Caesar, yeah. I was about to say when you say Caesar, I think of Clooney Caesar, you know, with like that short crop oh. on the top. You no, know? you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Or I guess George Jefferson probably be more Apple. Ah, uh,
0: George, because
1: <laughs> that is somebody. Somebody oh. mentioned that. Somebody that mentioned that recently. and I'm like, you're right. Yeah, that's that's there. You go people. People know what a George Jefferson is. <laughs> uh,
0: so yeah, that's that's what I remember Anthony Druid uh, you know to be right but apparently he's not Anthony Ludgate or has always been Anthony Ludgate
1: wait has he or is that his I thought that was his like um, that's what he was going by for this it was like um, because he was supposed to be dead but he came back and you know
0: no idea I've yeah. lost track at the point
1: yeah I remember I was like I remember that being a thing coming as a, well like going going into this is article and I was like I thought it was set up that it's like Ludgate was a pseudonym because you know drew is you know is kind of a tainted name at this point and i don't you even know, know unless that was his actual name and we just never really knew it because that's all we knew him as is dr Druid.
0: possibly possibly Poss-
1: don't know at this point it's not it's less than relevant.
0: I, was, I could turn around and reach on my my newly convenient bookshelf to reach for my uh oh hot move um mm. uh uh, essentials and see. Well, the problem
1: is, well, that would be still be old information because if they hit, unless they had changed it, in, I mean, it would still be relevant. But it's all because you know they changed Magneto stuff, so that's you know. Mm-hmm. Um, which weirdly enough, that reminds me of something that i read in um, X Men Plus uh, Fantastic Four, but we won't get into right now. Uh, but yeah, so like I said, Doctor Strange is, is on his uh, armor armor wars quest. He um, he goes to he basically goes to meet up with the the person who gave him the forge in in the first place and come to find out that there was a problem there that he was met with and that that person is no longer with us uh th- which leads him to uh coming back to to his, his day job you know meeting up with Dr. Druid and then they end up going to Strange Academy which uh, apparently Dr. Druid has never been to before because I guess he didn't know about it You know, and this was a cool thing because it just so happened that Strange Academy actually came out the same week, the same week. Um, They don't tie in, but still. Uh, But we'll come to find out that um, they basically get the hint from this wand maker who uh, have recently lost a loved one that, hey, there's a there's a black market auction going down in this other spot and that they need to infiltrate it. So and,
0: pause on that just for a okay, hot second sure so. because I don't know if you had a chance to take a look at my notes on this, but essentially what happens in this book as a quick recap is that, you know, Dr. Strange is visiting, you know, the dwarf in Nidavellir who gifted him his magical forge, right. right? And he gets almost taken out by some D-listers um, who are using some of his uh, <laughs> stolen um, uh, magical things. But then I see where this goes. Right. Where this goes is, you know, with Dr. Druid, they make a visit to the Strange Academy, um, our version, the Marvel version of Hogwarts. Pretty much. Which yeah. leads to a wandmaker uh a Marvel version of Ollivander, and an auction in a magical alley, Diagon Alley. So we all know where some of these, you know ideas and obviously these are not original ideas but it's very very reminiscent Mm -hmm. of a certain uh of a certain um fictional realm and a fictional tale put it that way
1: written by a kind of trash person at this point in certain in a certain (laughs) respect in a certain respect, anyway, but yeah, that and believe me, reading this, I I thought that I just didn't put it in my notes, but yeah, everything you said in your notes was absolute is absolutely spot on. So, and actually, there, there was something at the beginning of this issue that I would I, I addressed in my notes because so those delisters you just mentioned, well, that you just uh, uh, mentioned, basically, one of them basically had a wand that you know they basically affected matter so one of them filled used their their thing to fill Doc's lungs with water and I'm sitting here thinking wait if your lungs are filled with water you're just pretty much dead I thought like maybe I'm wrong maybe you know maybe Steven used some magical expulsion thing that he just thought of but he, he couldn't talk so I'm like usually water in the lungs would become something kind of fatal. Unless I'm, I mean, maybe somebody medical inclined would could tell me otherwise. It's not that serious, but I was like, that doesn't seem like something that would you could just, like, get over. Like, yeah, you can get water out to a certain point.
0: but I was going to say, all I would mention is that he probably did something without having to utter a spell because you see how he's puking up all that water right there's no way to puke up all that water from his lungs
1: right exactly I, no he's spelling it somehow and that's what i and i thought that also I was like maybe there's some incantation he just thought of but at the same time he was in the midst of trying to say a spell mm-hmm.
0: like,
1: you know but maybe that's that that is a rule of magic i'm not familiar with like yeah sure you can you can affect yourself by internal internal spells, but, you know. Anyway. Right,
0: spells, you don't to, spells you don't have to
1: vocalize. Exactly, so I'm like, maybe, and I, and I did think that same thing, but it was just like, that,
0: mm, oh, okay, sure, we're just gonna roll with it. Comics. Um But, yeah, so all yeah, of can, that... I was to, we can wrap the discussion by what we find at the auction in Diagon Alley, I mean the Magical Alley. Or, more specifically, <laughs> who we find at
1: this thing, right. um, which... I don't remember the reference, because there was a footnote reference uh, from a previous meeting of Doctor Strange and this person, and I'm sitting here like, well, clearly I didn't read this, because I don't remember that. Or, actually, I, I, maybe I do remember part of that happening, but I vaguely remember it. Uh, but, basically, it goes back to uh, a previous meeting of Doctor Strange and a couple of other, a hero and a villain. Yeah, Let's just say, the Science Bros and 1 Plus One... Mm-hmm. Uh, whose villain this person is, and I'll just go ahead and say it. Spoiler. Um, it is Madam Madame Mask, who is normally a Spider, uh, Spider-Man, Spider Iron Man villain. So she's the one that's heading up this auction. And obviously, you know, she would know Steven, so he had to go to the cover. And that was a, a nice little ruse that um, Druid and Steven put on you know to, to 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 put a twist on that because it was like well she would see him coming if if they did put use of magic so they went to the ff and and got some stuff from them but then they put a twist on that So, which means that now at the end of this book you know one of them's been found out but not the one you know whose name is on this book which is nice little right. twist, which means madam as don't know don't know he's here so I still personally think that Dr. Druid has something to do with some of the shenanigans going on here. <laughs> you can't tell me he's not. And maybe that is history, history playing itself on me. But, you know, right, and I know yeah, that being also a, not liking the character.
0: I was just going to add that um, in consultation with the Oha, the the, uh, the Deluxe Ohatmu, the second edition, is the character's full name was Anthony Druid. So I don't remember where Ludgate comes from, other than being the same character, the same name as the character from Parks and Rec. April Ludgeek, So understood. Yeah, I missed. I was about to say I missed Strange Academy somehow. I just kind of glossed right right past it.
1: Yeah, it was good, and I I get to that in in, in properly probably uh, rapid fire because it's not it's good, but it's, I don't think it's you know. It's good, I thought. But I but I also adore that book. All right. So we will go on to the next book. Um, uh,
0: what you got? Well, we have a couple of books in common except for Strange Academy. So just pick one.
1: Okay. Well, did you read? Okay. Everything
0: that's on your list I read except for Strange Academy.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so let us do... Let's do Justice League. Just flip, it, flip it for a second. Okay. Justice okay. League number 48. So this was a new arc uh, with a new creative team of... What is it? and... I can't remember Aaron his name. Lepresto. Lepresto? Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's Aaron Lepresto.
1: Okay. Um... So, I guess, like, I don't know if this is like a, a filler art, or a quote unquote, a filler art, because, you know, there's no such there's a, less of a thing in comics than in anime, but, or is this actually going to be, like, I don't know if they said that this is going to be the creative team of Justice League, like, for the time being, or is this just, like, until they get something in place? But regardless, um, we find, I guess they're still coming from, they're heading back to Earth, that part. Seemed like it was clear in the beginning. But they basically run into a... As a matter of fact, I'm going to go on your notes on this one. Because I like the way you said it. Um, Sidesbury crafts a a tale about interventionist policies and regime change. Using the jail to show what could happen. Which, that pretty much wraps up this whole whole, uh, thing. Um, But also, I'm going to add in my notes that... Diana proves herself to be the most sensible one in the crew... As they, you know, as they come across uh, this derelict spaceship, well, they thought there was a spaceship that was being taken back by this monster, come to find out that, you know, the monster was ha- harmless, the space monster was harmless. And there was a bunch of kids on board that was basically uh, thrown out of their planet. So the Justice League goes to investigate uh, and take them back home, come to find out that they were, you know, the, the ruling party decided that uh, basically it was cleaning the house, I guess, and got rid of all opposition to what point it sounded like uh, and got rid of the the children of dissent, uh, as as it was said. But but as we come to find out uh, getting to the planet, that uh, things had changed and the, the ruling party had been overthrown and the Justice League came in to pretty much, well, came in, Diana was like, we shouldn't interfere with this, but then the the male crew was like, no, we gotta intervene. We gotta do something. And they do, and they end up getting more than they bargained for because they didn't listen to uh, Diana, aka Wonder Woman. (laughs) And so now they find themselves either becoming the rulers of this place or leaving these folks to a potential certain doom. And right. not have, so, and not the doom that you would think of when you think of the Justice League.
0: So, just in very, in a very uh, uh, brief way, I, I jotted down something that deals with the events of the story in very broad strokes. Mm-hmm. I basically say, said that uh, size is crafting a tale about interventionist policies and regime change using the justice league to show what can happen and what the what the worst thing uh what what, what some of the worst things uh that can happen are so yeah, i said that earlier, uh, i think it might have been when when it froze up but right no but I, what i'm what i mean is w- 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 the the you you say it one way i'm putting it in the way that uh uh, folk, uh, uh, people who are um, students of uh, international uh, foreign policy, <laughs> of course, <laughs> will, will 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 recognize. Yeah, that's why I say I like the way you I like the way you said it. You yeah. know, not necessarily not necessarily uh, something you see in the pages of a comic book, but when you put it in that in that way, you kind of see. Oh, okay, so this is what, where where this allegory is coming into play. Sure, so. Yeah,
1: like I said, you had put it way more eloquently than than I had, but, um...
0: No, no, I was about to say, you put it in the right way. You know, this is the policy nerd way of putting it. This is the foreign policy nerd. Shout out to Pod Save the World. I was about to say, someone's Uh, selling on themselves right now. (laughs) You know, Shout out to Pod Save the World on uh, Crooked Media. You know, shout out to Tommy Vitor and Ben Rhodes. Mm. But, um... Yeah, it, it it when I when I was reading this I just couldn't help but laugh at uh at the allegory and, and just see that's where this tale was going. So, um you know, we'll see what happens next issue. It's definitely a different direction than what we're used to in Justice League.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um uh, but it's still kind of cool to see, you know, it's it seems like it's out of continuity because you're trying to figure out what what's Batman doing here when everything's falling apart in Gotham and we'll get to that later. So, Right, but, I mean, as
1: it was comics and as for DC and just, just comics in general, I guess, like, yeah, yep. you, you don't know the time frame of this, so um, it, there's a weird time frame in comics that, you know, you just got to deal of with sometimes. <laughs> uh,
0: of course. All right.
1: All, All right, right, so that's that, and I guess we can, we'll can we hit up one more before we hit the rapid fire, because I don't have that much left, anywho. Um, sure.
0: I guess, bitter root number nine. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I'll speak in very broad terms, and you might be, and you'll probably fill in a lot of the blanks. Um, you know, the the the, uh, the family of the Sangriyes have been split into uh, uh, missions. Basically, uh, the expectations of the Sangriyes that have traveled south are upended somewhat. And I'll leave it to Roddy maybe to fill in some of the blanks. I'm speaking again in very broad terms, mm. while the differences are set aside between harlem world and chinatown to combat the magical enemies that are emerging in this latest story that seem to be beyond what these um fairly experienced uh uh, i hate to call them ghostbusters there's a better way
1: to put it but that's what yeah yeah i'm not sure what the the correct term would be but monster hunters is probably close
0: right so you know these fairly experienced monster hunters are, are are encountering something new and far deadlier than what they ha- have seen in the past. So um, you know it seems like uh, they are going to need to uh, pull their pull the resources and, and pull the uh, information that they can from other families that they have uh, that they have met with uh, previously.
1: Right, and. So yeah, I guess the demon hunter is probably even better. But regardless, we'll, we'll get into all that later. But yeah, just in short strokes, uh, yeah, like like uh, ever said, the team was broken up. There was some folks went down to Georgia. Some folks staying in Harlem. Um, uh, both sides are kind of meeting with some stumbling blocks because the folks in Harlem, uh, even even the folks in Harlem, kind of. Uh, uh, have, have broke off. We got Ma at on one time, basically doing an investigation on these new, new, uh, genu, which are, I guess, for lack of a better word, the, the demons that they're uh, talking. But there are some new versions that they've not seen, because she's not even seen before, and she's seen a lot. So then there's the other team that's in Harlem, like uh, Agent Seventy said, that uh, was meeting some resistance with some of these new folks, but decided to, uh, thanks to Blink. Uh, Belinda uh, go to Chinatown to get some help, but you know her, her uncle was like, "Well, we already tried that," and everybody was arguing because nobody could come together. But Blink was like, "Well, yes, yeah, because the men was trying to was was part was, was <laughs> of it, and they can't do nothing but argue with each other." Basically, her, was I'm like, "Yeah, she was pretty much right," because we saw that we saw that uh, meeting like a uh, probably last issue, couple of issues or something like that. About so there's two issues. Huh? Yeah so um so she went and got some help from somebody from the folks that she's been in contact with so that's that on that one point and then the folks down in georgia medium resistance from not only these demons but some um the, well in this issue not so much but they're 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 going to be coming some the white folks that are causing issues that are down the, down that way because they're in the section that was literally said uh, blacks don't come shouldn't come out after the dark because of you
0: know right, so it's a uh, unfortunately uh you know we we know this uh you know we know these towns to be sundown towns. so right you know, and this
1: and if you did right and if you didn't know like this is being set in like 19 yeah like 1920s harm um, era so
0: some of that stuff a, a lot of that Hold yeah. Real I mean that's where the of, steampunk right that's that's where a lot of the you know the these concepts come in you know right. not just the historical concepts but also the the steampunk sensibility mm-hmm. that the book has comes right. from the 20s. So
1: so yeah so that's pretty much that and then we on there's another side of this where the um, I can't remember this is the only part that I don't remember that well cuz that was the one guy that the the guy that was running um was a person that we've seen in the book uh, that was a figure that we thought was going to be a little bit more prominently than what he had been up in, at this point but there is let's say the, a version of the devil that is chasing this person down but is, but they're not really doing but they're chasing this person down because you know this person is going to basically be helping this, uh, this devil embodiment let's just say or demon embodiment uh, but is also heading towards where the other parts of the Sangrai family are um, are held up, you know. And also some unexpected, well, some partially unexpected help from the, the their ally that they were not expecting, or at least one of them weren't expecting, comes into play uh, um, near the end of this one, which is pretty much putting everybody back on track to meeting, or to some folks meeting at some points. So, you know, we still have, again, people don't learn from splitting the party, but she had kind of had to in this case. <laughs> Thanks. Shout out to Dungeons Dragon. Dragons. But yeah, the, I I love R- Bitterroot. This is pretty great. Um, and it continues to be like, it's a, it's, uh, I don't want to say it's a slow burn because it's not, that wouldn't be the right term for this. But it's definitely uh pace to kind of keep it coming coming back because like, you got to know what's, what happens next. If you're
0: so interested gonna yeah, in say this. this is the second big arc. Yes. So, it's not. I don't. I don't know if it's. If it's. I don't know if that's fair, uh, because they did take a break after the first arc. So
1: yeah, yeah I mean, it's great. You know, it was, well, it was, yeah, I think it's a great arc. So yeah, they, sometimes they, these books take breaks because they the other projects or whatever it may be. So yeah, no, no. I'm not. I was not suggesting that you know um, that there was anything you know going on, but you know, yes, yeah, that break right. did was a. It wasn't a significant break because it was only like a few months, but nevertheless, you know, sometimes it happens between arts with books like this. You know, we've we've yeah, seen so it, in, on,
0: uh, yeah, so they can get to you know get, get their scheduling right. So exactly,
1: but um, but yeah, like I said, it is back, and it is uh, um, it's it's going full steam as it is, and um, like I said, I can't. I'm looking forward to the next issue because I'm really kind of seeing where some I really like to see where some of this goes. You know, because it's, it's clearly getting up to something. Fairly big. Mm-hmm. Um, we just don't know where and how. Gotcha. gotcha but that gotcha. being All the right. case, we can if we. Unless you got another book that you want to. Um,
0: no, I could totally rapid fire the rest. Hit it. Totally rapid fire the rest. All right, here we go. Spinning it up. I
1: actually only have one more book, so let me just go ahead and get that one out of the way, and then you go ahead and hit the rest of yours. Sure. Uh, Strange Academy number two. So this book had the unfortunate um, was unfortunate to start like right before COVID hit, and that's why we're just getting issue two because the 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 first issue came out like pretty much right as or right before COVID you know hit properly. So many months later, and you could easily forget about what's happening here, but, you know, I would say go back and read Strange uh, Strange Academy number one anyway, because it was good. Uh, so, this is the first full day of classes for Strange Academy. Some would say Hogwarts. Um, you know, of the Marvel Universe. Uh, and, you know, things go as you expected. You know, the, the classes, are, classes are classes, the magic things happen, and, you know, everybody has a day uh, we get an amusing but likely thing that happens in one period uh, having to deal with magic uh, aka Ilyana Rasputin and if you know about her and her temperament and what she will and will not tolerate yeah you can kind of figure out where that goes um, but we basically like I said this is pretty much a a hey a day the first day of classes and how everybody's adjusting. And then some questions come up about the cost of magic from one of the students to which gets, doesn't get addressed, but gets hinted at something probably going to come up uh, later in the series. If this, if this is series gets to be, um, gets to keep its legs underneath it, which I feel like it probably could because of the creative staff. Um, but I enjoyed this book, and I, and I and I definitely will continue reading this. I know there are some people who don't like magic stuff, and you know, but it, it is it's is quite fun. You get to see even at the end of the book the 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 class curriculum of of each class and who's who's uh, teaching it and that kind of stuff, which is that's an, also an amusing read if you get a chance to do so. Because even Man Thing, whom I said initially in my notes, I said Swamp Thing, but I forgot Swamp Thing is DC, not uh, not Marvel but it's the same character. So, you know, um, but yeah, <laughs> check, check this, check this uh, book out. If you are inclined to that, it is, it is very, is, is a very amusing book.
0: I'm skimming it now. And all of the, as I mentioned earlier, when it comes to the, uh, the magic, uh, you know, the, the, the fellow, uh, the fellow book in the magic realm of the, uh, of the, the magic corner of the Marvel universe, Dr. Strange there's definitely some uh, some some Potterverse references yeah. here, and it's amusing, and I'm looking forward to reading this uh, once the show is over. So, yeah. I will get to my books. I'm actually going to mention a book that came out last week. It was one of the only books that was released l- last week that's on my pull list, and that is Ronin Island Number Twelve by Greg Pak and. Uh, some gen- and a gentleman with a very long Greek last name. I'm not pulling the book up, but um, uh, it was a satisfying conclusion to the series. My hope is that there is a second volume. That's. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, I, I would sincerely recommend uh, people uh, go out and read this book. It's definitely worth it. It is a 12-issue miniseries. Next up is Empire Fantastic Four Number Zero. This is a potential click of the week. It's a fun FF romp in space that directly ties into prior events related to the Kree-Skrull War. The FF are stranded in space and get a tow to a casino world where a new, uh, or, or at least heretofore new, Elder of the Universe is introduced. Sue does something everyone wishes they could do in a casino, Ben and Johnny actually throw a fight, and we see the other side of the cliffhanger page from Empire Avengers number zero. Wait,
1: before you go to the next book, is this that same casino world that we that we haven't seen in like decades? Because I figured like there was one that used to come up in Avengers books um, once or twice, but there was definitely a casino world that was like, was it like a bunch of squirrels or something? Nope. You know. You know. Okay. So this is. Oh,
0: I suppose. I think it was a new creation to go along with, um, to go along with this, uh, with this new elder. Although to be honest, it may be, uh, a reference to, uh, what was it? The games master? Maybe. Uh, you know, the other elder of the universe that's, you know, re- kind of uh, related, I believe is a, a, a relative of this new elder. I mean, that would check so, out, Yeah. You know. right. So I, I just have to go back and check that. Okay. Um, uh, Next up is Ghost Rider number seven. Uh, Johnny Blaze is being corrupted by the demons he is trying to send back to hell. We actually get reunions of players from both Damnation and Hearts of Darkness. Shout out to Hearts of Darkness, making which makes for an interesting read. The art by Aaron Cooter is top notch. What was Hearts of Darkness? Um, Punisher, Ghost Rider, Wolverine, one shot. John Romita Jr. art. Um, They did have a follow-up. Okay. Um, I believe it's available on Marvel Unlimited. I can check that very quickly while I go to my next book, which is another potential clicker of the weekend. I believe Roddy Cat did read this just before before we started the show, and that is X-Force number 10. This is another potential click of the week for me. Ben Percy's story of the unintended consequences of Beast's move against the telefloronic technology that was being developed in Terra Verde is pretty gripping. You know, this is all, uh, these are all unintended consequences of Beast's actions. Everything that happens, you know, in the story arc. It all makes total sense why this is actually a threat to the Krakoa-based existence the X-Men have. The last few pages, though, bring back several questions we initially asked when we found out how the living quarters for the Summers group on the blue (laughs) area of the moon were set up. I love it. So when, when Roddy Cat got to it, he actually had like an audible reaction. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. So, so yeah. So, just to add on real quick. So, basically, Beast messed up again, and yeah, then somebody else reaped the consequences of it. And you know, and we saw this was coming from a while back, but we just didn't know how where how and where it was going to play out. Well, we knew where it was going to play out because it was going to play out here. But and here's the fallout from that. Um, and of course, you know, Jean Grey, who has been, which is weird, to say that she was a member of X Force. You know, decides that you know she wants to quit, which we kind of seeing shades of this whole thing. Um, But she goes to talk to at the end of this issue after she deals with uh, Beast. um, She you know, and they hash that out. She goes to talk to um, one of her lovers, uh, Logan, in a in a hot tub scenario. You know, which where we get out, which, which, uh, as Agent 70 alludes to the, uh, the, um, the relationship dynamic in parts of, in part of the Summer's household, which had been hinted at since Hoxbox. Um, if you didn't, if you, if it wasn't clear, then th- it starts to get way more clear. Now. Although we feel like, I feel like certain people who read this would be like, yeah, that is totally what it was and has been. But yeah, we definitely get, you definitely get to know what's uh what's the what's popping on in that household. Uh there's some poly yeah. shout out to polyamory, you know uh going on in here. You love to see it. That, you love to see uh, it.
0: It's funny. Um, i was going to add as a as a as a as a footnote to our previous conversation about uh doc about ghost rider mm. the, the the one shot that i was referring to ghost rider wolverine punisher hearts of darkness is actually not available on marvel unlimited that sucks i was just looking for it mm. the follow up to that series, to that one shot is on marvel unlimited it's entitled um uh, the dark design from 1994 but for whatever reason you know the original Hearts of Darkness not available
1: hmm. kind of weird that is weird so, or either maybe they have it under something else but that is very much weird and that's not to say that Marvel Lumina is not lacking in some stuff because there's a lot of stuff that, are good, that we could probably think about that's not on there that should be at this point
0: absolutely,
1: absolutely so who knows all what's right. going on with that
0: but anyway all right. And last but not least for me is Batman number 94. So this is the penultimate issue of, uh, of Batman before we get to um, – actually, no, not, it's not penultimate. It's the, ulti- it's the final issue of Batman before we get to Joker War. Uh, Batman in this issue flashes back to a lesson he got early on in his detective studies about how to lose – Uh, Lucius Fox doesn't want to be a substitute for Alfred anymore the ramifications of the twist and I'm not spoiling it because uh, we're still only one issue uh, one issue um, separated from it and you know it's going to be a big part of the premise for Joker War so I would recommend that if you want to find out you should read the book Um, so with regards to the twist from the previous issue um, the ramifications of the twist have already started to manifest themselves. Uh, Catwoman, at least in this issue, finds herself sidelined. Um, something that, that uh, uh, PCN Underscore Dirt and I were discussing in our chat, because he can't, um, due to his schedule, can't join us on the show, but was able to chat with us before we started. Um, I I found myself really confused by the art in the last several pages. Uh um you know we had you know before we go into uh joker war uh, joker war itself seems like an interesting premise so that is um that on batman number 94 i'm actually curious now you know it's uh it, it's related to a discussion we had was it last week or two weeks ago no it was two weeks ago two weeks ago when the last issue of batman came out where i, I kind of foresaw what the twist might be but now to see what the possible ramifications of that twist uh might be could keep me at least uh observing this book and re- you know reading it from here and there and maybe not following all of joker war but definitely trying to keep up with the uh the main issues so that is that for me and i guess we're going to go into clicks of the week
1: Uh, All right. This right. is the week, and we already got a couple from as a uh, yes. Agent Seven said, we already got it from our um our colleagues. Um and apparently dirt is the flash number seven fifty-seven. Yep. And yes, yeah, I was about to do that. Um and for a Tim, we have Empire Fantastic Four number zero.
0: Right. which is a weird uh, one
1: which is a weird one because like we have seen this book in our um in our in our um
0: in Yeah, our, we've had a review copy for a while.
1: Yeah, so I was like when is this actually supposed to come out and here it goes now. So, there you go.
0: This is one of the books that dropped just when the lockdowns went into effect. Mm-hmm. And the uh, and the shipping and the uh, the diamond shipping um uh lockdown went into effect. So, uh Empire the, the two Empire Zero books, Avengers and FF, were seriously affected by, by, by that. So, yeah, as, as Rodicat said, you know, it took us a while to, you know, get up the, uh, you know, it wasn't timely. Let's put it that way. We could have read this a while ago. Um, I just wanted to note what PCN underscore Dirt said about Flash number 757. He says... Um, once again, you need Wikipedia to explain what's been going on if you try to jump in cold. But the build, build, build of Joshua Williamson's story is still uncovering new secrets he planted long ago. Okay. All right. Do you have a pick? I do. And it
1: probably should be no surprise by the way I was talking about it earlier. But Strange Academy number two is my pick.
0: Click. Cool. 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 So that is your click of the week, and I think I'm going to go with. I really enjoyed Empire FF Number Zero, but I think the creepiness and some of the uh, the character developments that happened in X Force Number Ten took me over. Took the. To, uh, brought it over the top so i think i'm going to go with x force number 10 for my click of the week
1: i would definitely say shout out to that to that one for the way it ended like i was i pretty much skimmed the book even though i knew what was going on and you know going into it and, and yes it's a lot happened in that but definitely because of the end of that book i would say shout out to it. <laughs> shout out to, there the, you go. to that issue And with that, folks, we are going to transition over into the news section. But first, an ad read.
0: Our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store because it's safer to skip it and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the comic book chronicles can get $30 off your first blue apron order to place your first order with $30 off. And to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at CSPN.us that's CSPN.us. Then click on the keep our podcasts free link at the top of the page from there, scroll down to the blue apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue apron through CSPN.us. Do it today. Now we get into the news.
1: Okay, wait. Oh yes, uh we start off with as we do Boop, there we go. That was weird. Uh, every week with the cinematic news. First up, Doctor Strange two star. Oh, uh, my apologies right up front for for butchering your name, Chiwetel uh is excited <laughs> to work f- with Sam Raimi. The last name I can get. The first name I'm not entirely sure about, it, and I should look that up. But that's fine.
0: I think it's I think it's Chiwetel Ejiofor.
1: Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, so he says he's excited to work with Sam Raimi on the sequel because, lest we forgot, Sam Raimi is the one who is doing this, the next Doctor Strange movie. Um, and I believe I see, saw another rumor or something that said that, well, obviously this is pretty much confirming that that you know his character Mordo is going to be back for this next one, which is not surprising because it's not like, the, like they normally do. They killed him, <laughs> which they did not do. So, right, not a surprise, but we'll probably see him being more of the Mordor, Mordor Mordo that we know uh, from the comics. And I was actually like, considering watching that first Doctor Strange movie again. Um, Dormammu have come to you Anyway, so that is that, right. and um, he basically says, "I love Sam Raimi, so I'm excited that he's making a film, the second Doctor Strange." uh he brings to anything he does a wealth of imagination and passion in this genre he's just one of the seminal figures i remember seeing dark man when i was a kid it was beyond it's so amazing he also did spider-man 3 uh with uh, the whole dance number so let's not forget that folks
0: Next yeah, step. and not figuring out how. Yeah, I was about to say, and I think the, I think my my view of what's most egregious from Spider-Man Three is how they completely messed up all the villains. Mm, yes. That's really that's really my biggest issue with that movie. Not so much the dance, because there's always going to be something kind of silly and corny in these movies. But let's be honest, you can't butcher the, the bad guys like that. It's just awful. Right, but that's the so. first thing people have pointed to. I have yet
1: to still see that movie, so... That oh, is one thing. Yes, I have still not... It is sitting right here on my hey.
0: shelf. <laughs> and I have hey. yet to see hey. it. That's the, one Raimi, the Raimi, that's the one Raimi Spidey movie I refuse to buy in physical form. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have the first two on DVD, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously, uh, you know, they're this is pre- pre-Blu-ray, so... Um, but anyway, I'm gonna move on from that because it's bringing back bad memories.
1: <laughs> next, up. next
0: story. Yeah, our next story is Doctor Strange. Two may debut of being more powerful than the Infinity Gauntlet. So, um, uh, with Mordo recently confirmed as we mentioned earlier to return in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, the name of his staff may be a hint at an entity who may soon make its debut with huge implications for the future of the MCU. Um Mordo, a seemingly benevolent master of the mystic arts in Doctor Strange, used a weapon called the Staff of the Living Tribunal. And um, you know, this is a spoiler alert for the uh, the post credit scenes. Um But uh in the film you know and I'll hit the spoiler bell here for anyone who has not seen this yet. In the film's post credit scene, he turns Mordo turns against the other mystics after becoming disillusioned with the Ancient Ones, abuse of dark magic, and states his belief that there are too many sorcerers. This probably implies he will be bringing the fight to Strange, the new Sorcerer Supreme, in the upcoming sequel. Or he's becoming the scourge of the underworld,
1: of the magic underworld, no, I'm just kidding, that's that's not...
0: (laughs) I don't don't know, he's going to be the new hood? Yeah,
1: right. (laughs) They they would never do Scourge in the movies, would they? I don't think so. They would probably uh, never do Scourge. I, I doubt that. For those who don't, you know what? We're, we're, that, that's another subject for another time. Um, but if you have questions I was about that,
0: so I was I, going to say imagine imagine that being uh, part of the story of uh, uh, Sam Wilson Cap, right? Right. They probably would do that for that
1: one, but yeah. Um. Who knows? But like I said, another time. Hey. Um. Add us on Twitter if you want to know what that's about. Next up. Um. Please don't play. Please don't play. Please don't play. Please don't play. John Boyega reveals his plan for using the Infinity Gauntlet. Um. So, but Boyega's been out here doing his uh his Instagram thing as as a matter as always being a real one out here. Um. But basically he says uh, he the Star Wars actor has some plans for the space stone in particular of the infinity gauntlet, so when looking at a model of the legendary weapon, he had a perfect purpose for one of those pesky infinity stones. He told his followers on Instagram that he would use it to travel to a tropical locale right now um which you know what, I'm not even mad at that, <laughs> if you got something like that, just black like, blue, yeah, sure, but he said uh he wrote. The space stone alone allows the user to make portals from one side of the universe to the other. I'm using it to go to Jamaica, keeping it local. I'm done with this ish.
0: Yeah.
1: As he says on um, as it says on the screen. And if you're watching the video, you can see the picture of him trying to pluck a stone, one of the stones, out of uh, the Iron Man ga- gauntlet.
0: So. Cool. Next up. All right. Next up. Star of the Black Widow movie, Scarlett Johansson, recently referred to Black Widow as a standalone franchise, quote unquote. She wish. In an interview. What's that?
1: Oh, she wish.
0: Johansson talked about working with Florence Pugh, who plays Yelena Belova in the movie for Black Widow in an interview. Um, I am very she says she's very excited about Florence Pugh. And that uh, she is her co-star in the Black Widow standalone franchise, and she's you know learning from her. Okay, sure. Now that, that that's I know what I was just said
1: sounds kind of flippant because the, the most of the most of the movies in the Marvel MCU have at the very least two. Um, most most of the bigger ones have three. I'm not sitting here saying that she doesn't deserve it. That's absolutely not what I'm trying to say. But I'm kind of wondering if they're actually going to give her more than one or two. Especially at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. You know, the, the, I mean, what a movie should have been a thing that from years ago. Let's be if we're honest. So that's a whole other situation. Next up, uh, the Russo brothers would love to tell Captain America's time travel story, but um, apparently, during an interview with comicbookmovie.com, dot com uh joe and anthony russo were asked if they would tell the story of captain america's journey through time to return the infinity stones to the rightful place i also uh my note that sounds like something they would probably do in a what if um it would be a great story to tell no question i don't know whether it needs to be told but it would be a great story to tell and we'd love to tell it but i think there are other stories to move on to now uh joe russo said so yeah sound like that's that doesn't even have a pin in it, but net, there you go next up
0: all Friday next up in some interesting uh kind of uh fan casting news that's uh that's <laughs> turned into an actual um uh actor. Looking to uh, you know to to lobby for a role, actor and musician Janelle Monet has thrown her hat into the ring for the role of Aurora Monroe, A.K.A. Storm, from the X-Men. While Halle Berry played the role in 20th Century Fox's long-running, see, God, it was long-running, damn it, <laughs> of series of live-action X-Men films. The rights to all the mutant characters, as we know, have transferred to Marvel Studios after Disney acquired Fox. So, um, in, an, in, in an interview with Empire, Monet revealed her wish to join the MCU in one particular role. One of her dreams has always been to play Storm, she said. While I see that could be good, I just checked to see how tall she was. She's only five feet tall. Right. Right. That, that's kind of... That ki- I mean... I've always seen Storm as, and not that Halle Berry is tall. but that was always, you know, uh, that you know that, that you know that kind of uh, um, was a was a uh, a strike against her in my eye in terms of the character portrayal because I always envisioned Storm as being tall. Well, and let's not forget the whole Wolverine thing because you know Hugh
1: Jackman being as tall as he is, and right, Walton he throws everything shirts. off, right? Exactly. So I mean, they've done that before, so it wasn't it wouldn't be that they couldn't do this. But yeah, I love uh, you know, Janelle Monae, and I, I haven't seen that show that she's doing now that's on um, Amazon, but I'm, you know I hear that she's probably good, real good. And my money is still on um, the the young lady from American Gods. um Today uh Badaki, I believe her name is, as Storm. I okay. don't know how tall she is, I don't even care, but she absolutely she that is, there you go. She absolutely looks the part. She fits it she fits it to me. In fact, I think they even did, done renders some people have done renders with her for it. But
0: you know. Yeah, but now I'm gonna look,
1: so <laughs> Yeah. So
0: yeah. I'd be happy if she was five five.
1: You know? <laughs> yeah, she Alexis yeah, the yeah the my, yeah, my point was yeah they, they, if they actually cared about height and huge men probably wouldn't have been Wolverine so but or that was always
0: my biggest strike against him,
1: you know? Yeah. Right. So, so next up
0: wait, 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 what is this Yutide Badaki?
1: Yes. Okay,
0: now I'm going to I'm going to look this person up. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll do this next one, then. Um, you know I'll do. it. I was about to say I'll do it. I'll let the page load while I do this. So, actually, no. I know Janelle Monae. This was my story. You got the next one anyway. Oh, was it?
1: Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, see, there you go. So I was right. Brie Larson confirms she auditioned for Star Wars and Terminator movies, which we knew about the tar- uh, Star Wars one. I'm fairly certain that's been that's come out before, but Terminator movies was a new one. Uh, it seems. So, uh, let's see the remark. Oh, uh, okay. So we is largely started in the relative independent films. She recently revealed that she previously auditioned to join star Wars terminator and hunger games projects, actually. And obviously ended up, you know, not joining any of those with the exception of uh, mm-hmm. the ones that we know her from right now. Uh, the remark was cap- casually brought up during her first video on her newly launched YouTube channel, Uh, in which she was discussing her old auditions with a friend. So we never learned what character she was auditioning to play or what projects in these franchises she was auditioning for, leaving fans to merely speculate. Uh, When the topic of Star Wars came out, Larson noted uh, auditions for Star Wars 2, auditions for Hunter Grains, auditions for Terminator reboot. Uh, I was actually thinking about the Terminator reboot today because I got a flat tire and I was like, oh, the last time I got a flat tire was when I was driving to the audition for Terminator. Mm. And got a flat load, so got a flat tire at the audition and didn't get the job. So I I'm, I feel like they would have probably done a, done, done her Sarah Connor on this, at this point. I, mean, I can't imagine who else she would have been in that in that franchise. But anyway, so right. that could have been that is the thing that did not happen, uh, but could have.
0: Gotcha. Next up, yeah, Yatide Badaki's height is five foot three, not quite five foot four. Well. You know, yeah, I, I, still, you, I still want it. <laughs> what can you do? All right. right. Uh, Disney is canceling plans to release a 4K version of Empire Strikes Back in theaters. Um, while the Star Wars title will still be re released in UK theaters, it will be presented in its traditional 2K format, according to Variety. Talks between Disney and UK theatrical exhibitors broke down, leading Disney to backtrack. Okay. Yay.
1: Um. oh before I hit this next one that just remind me something before we move too far away from the Marvel stuff that also reminds me that I didn't put this in the, the uh, show notes and there probably should be an obvious reason why but you, when I say this you'll know you may or may not know uh, I saw an article where Chris Hemsworth was supposed to be playing Hulk Hogan <laughs> It's set to play Hulk Hogan and I'm sitting here like really really do do we really even need that but that's needed here though there you can go look that up for at your own self um hbo max replaces batman v superman theatrical cut with the archer with three hour ultimate edition to which i put in before this article well came out um i no actually i think probably at the time this came out but i had put something in our back channel about this Not thinking it was um, the the Snyder Cut. I'm like, oh, they put already put the Snyder Cut out. Then I actually went back to HBO Max and looked at it. I was like, oh wait, no, that's that's the Batsby V soups. I'm like, why would you do this? That movie was long enough as it is. We don't need this. but yes so the uh, HBO Max has replaced the theatrical cut of 2006's Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice with the uh, film's ultimate edition quote unquote the official HBO Max Instagram account shared the news stating the full three hour ultimate edition of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice is now streaming exclusively on uh, HBO Max I don't know what else they could have even put in that movie Like I know, there's some there's a couple of scenes that that um, you know that they neglected to put in that you saw on the uh, the you know the the and whatnot. But still, it wasn't that whole much. Like really, yes, I I am almost tempted to watch it just to see how bad it is, or or makes it better. Because let's face it, because when they did that other cut, it filled in some stuff. Maybe this would completely fill it in. But this is also a slippery slope, because it's like, okay, now they could be like, well, especially with, like like I mentioned with the, and the Snyder Cut, like, okay, they could just put all this other extra stuff in and say, oh, yeah, it was meant to be there the first time, but probably wasn't. So, there you go, folks.
0: Go have it that if you haven't already. Next up. Goodness gracious. I was just taking a look at the HBO Max uh, DC um, offerings and like, wow, I guess. They're just doing everything that was on the DC Universe app. Mm-hmm.
1: Looks like there, yeah, there are and some more stuff in, which makes sense, I guess.
0: Yep. All right. Next up. Uh, Speaking of Suicide Squad, director David Ayer has confirmed the quote Ayer cut the alternate version of DC's team up movie is real and has asked, and he has asked for fans to help push for its release on HBO Max. The cut definitely exists, he says. You'll need to ask uh, AT and and HBO Max to let it see the sunlight. Or don't. Ayer said on Twitter, say again. Or don't. In response to a question about whether the air cut exists and whether we'll ever get a chance to see it. And this is what I'm talking
1: about, folks. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Now, Suicide, Cl- Suicide Squad was another movie. That the theatrical came out had some holes in it and had another cut that kind of filled in some stuff. This we got to stop this. We got to stop this, folks. This can't keep happening. Er- er- soon, <laughs> soon everybody's going like, oh yeah, I got a cut for this other movie and this and that and other. We can't have this keep going. We can't. And again, I blame the Snyder Cut and y'all fools that wanted it. Next up, uh, <laughs> report. Uh, One Brother moving forward with a live-action Zatanna film. Um, it's, it appears that, according to some... Like, I'm guessing this is a rumor site. Um, Zatanna may be headed to the big screen. Uh, Warner Brothers, according to the site uh, Warner Brothers is developing a movie based on the Magic Woodland character who's, who casts spells by speaking backwards This will reportedly be separate from the J.J. Abrams upcoming Justice League Dark project at HBO Max despite her association with the team um, So again there was a rumor back in 2018 apparently that she was going to get her own film alongside uh, Supergirl and Batgirl films So we will see if and if this comes to play. Next up.
0: All right, next up in another rumor uh or report, Warner Brothers and DC are reportedly working on a new live action John Constantine movie. Man, they're just going to keep trying with that one. <laughs> According to the direct, JJ Abrams will produce the Constantine movie through Bad Robot Productions. Tonally, it's said it will resemble the upcoming HBO Max Justice League Dark series. Though the lack of casting announcements means it's unknown if Warner Brothers plans to connect the two stories. It's also unclear, unclear, if there will be any connections to the similarly reported Zatanna movie, despite the two characters having a complicated on-again, off-again romantic history in the comics. I bet they will. They're not that
1: crazy. Mm-hmm. They've already messed up with Justice League. They, they, <laughs> do you think they're going to let this slip? I mean, they might, because DC stays losing. But, uh,
0: Shout out to Eclectic, who is still putting out original uh, evergreen content on his podcast feed. Exactly. Follow the Eclectic Discussion podcast.
1: There you go. And his others. Uh, and his his brand. Brand stay strong. Anyway, next up. Just uh, speaking of the Snyder Cut... And I don't know why. I, I think I had I took this out of here and then put it back for some reason. Justice League Snyder Cut, the first teaser, cast news, runtime, and a mini history of the 2021 HBO Max uh, release. We don't need to go into all of this because if you've been following this program, we've kind of been talking about it for a good while. But yeah, that was a teaser. I feel like we, we might have even talked about the teaser last week. I don't even remember. But yeah, if you if you didn't somehow catch all that news about the Snyder Cut and the, the goings-on with it, you can go check this article out on Newsarama, a.k.a. The, the site that owns them now.
0: Next up. All right. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 director Patty Jenkins has revealed that an animated spinoff series based off the two Wonder Woman movies could be on the horizon. Okay. Uh, While speaking to Empire, Jenkins said that Wonder Woman's Island, Home of Themyscira, could return in a new animated TV show. She offered no other details on the possible animated spinoff project, including if it would involve new or previously established characters. Additionally, an Amazon spinoff film is being considered that would be, quote, part of the in-world story of Wonder Woman, unquote.
1: Wonder Woman, dun, dun, dun. Scooby-Doo, teams with Elvira to fight Batman villain. Man, that's <laughs> that's a bingo set right there. In first Halloween movie, uh, which I'm fairly certain is not the first one, but probably the first new one, uh, in the debut trailer, Scooby and the Game are seen celebrating Halloween with Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, in a nas- in a lavish parade through a small town. However, the festivities are interrupted by none other than Doctor Jonathan Crane, uh, A.K.A. the classic Batman villain, Scarecrow. Uh, having recently escaped from Arkham Asylum, Scarecrow targets the revelers with uh, explosive drones, oh Lord, while raising genetically engineering uh, pumpkin monsters using ex- ex- experimental technology. So, yeah, these uh, these scooby-doo team-up movies are still going on i, don't, I haven't seen this hmm. sc- school movie have you
0: no it's on uh hbo right. or hbo max right so
1: yeah but yeah there you go and it doesn't sound like batman actually shows up in this just despite being a batman boom so all that um dc synergy is just the dc one of roses synergy just just gelling
0: next up All right, next up, uh, Stargirl has been renewed for a second season at the CW, not DC Universe. With the renewal, the CW and its digital platforms will be the exclusive in-season home of the series starting with its second season. Season 2 will not stream on the show's original home at DC Universe. It was announced ahead of the series premiere that episodes of the show would air on CW the day after their streaming debut on DCU. All right. Yeah,
1: some would think that's strange and probably could be, but not so much. Um I don't know, I guess that's that seems like the, the confidence for that show on live TV, one could say. Maybe, maybe not. Who's to say? Um, next up. Wow, oh, what happened here? Batwoman taps Javica Javicia Leslie, uh, to take over a title role. Uh, I apologize if I have actually put your name. Um, but the fact that that video is not playing is great uh, the CW has found a, its new Batwoman uh, Javicia Leslie will take over the title role of the CW series uh, second season following the departure of Star Ruby Rose at the end of the season 1 she will play a character named Ryan Wilder not to be confused with Van Wilder that was me sorry folks uh, becoming the first black actress to play Batwoman in a live-action TV or film production. Uh, She is quoted to say, I am extremely proud to be the first Black actress to play the iconic iconic role of Batwoman on television, and as a bisexual woman, I am honored to join this groundbreaking show, which has been such a trailblazer for the LGBTQ plus uh, community, says Leslie. And we've already talked about how Rose
0: uh, left the, left uh, last season, so right. yeah, we don't have to talk about that. But in- I'm gonna, i was just gonna add as just a little bit of snide commentary: mm. uh, iconic role. <laughs>
1: Stop. Hey, look, it is—it is. Look, for some folks, yes, it is absolutely <laughs> iconic. iconic. Uh, to have a bisexual, you know, uh, superhero at all. You know, there are people still looking for disabled superheroes to, 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 to have their own books. So, yeah, you got to take it where you can get it. So, just saying. Anyway, so Ruby Rose. Uh, oh, wait, you can take this one. Sorry. I
0: was about to say, yeah, I got the next one. Hmm. Following on from the announcement that Javisha Leslie will be the new Batwoman, the previous person who donned the cape and cowl, Ruby Rose, shared her reaction to the news on social media. She says, OMG, this is amazing. She's so glad Batwoman will be played by an amazing black woman. Rose wrote on Instagram. She wants to congratulate Javisha Leslie on taking over the Bat Cape. Uh, she's walking into an amazing cast and crew, and she can't wait to watch season two. She's going to be amazing. Okay.
1: Yep. And if you see the, the uh, there's her Instagram saying all of that with a picture of Miss um, Leslie right there. Next up, The Flash's Grant Gustin also welcomes the new Batwoman into the fray. Um, yesterday the CW finally announced that there's a new Batwoman, we just talked about that, Uh, some of her seem to be Arrowverse co-stars, also can't wait to see Leslie in action in fact, the Scarlet Speedster himself Grant Gustin, Gustin offered some words of welcome to the new Batwoman star on his Instagram account, following the news. Uh, He shared the promo image featuring a headshot of Leslie with the caption, Welcome to the Arrowverse family, uh, Devisha. In his own caption, the Flash actor added, uh, Welcome to our our new Batwoman, and he adds uh, Devisha. As you can see if you're watching the video. Boom! Next up
0: uh, and some interesting news that I'm probably going to have to follow up on after the show. Hasbro shares a stop-motion animated adaptation of a classic G.I. Joe comic. Back in 1984, writer Larry Hama uh, wrote G.I. Joe number 21, which quickly became the most iconic issue of Marvel's original comic book series. True. Hama penciled and laid out the issue himself with inks and finishes by Steve Laialoha, Silent Interlude. Uh, is the title of the story it's also notable because it was completely free of dialogue captions and visual sound effects it's also the first appearance of storm shadow this issue of gi joe even inspired marvel's enough said month-long event of silent comics in 2002 36 years later after the story was published silent interlude has inspired a new fan created animated short so, earlier this month, Penn Productions pre- released a stop-motion take on Silent Interlude. The short also captured the attention of Hasbro's official G.I. Joe Twitter account, which in turn shared the video. Wow, I gotta, wa- I gotta watch that later.
1: Yeah, no, that's, when I saw this one, yeah, I'm gonna have to check it out, because I
0: just saw that earlier, so... Yeah. I mean, I have the original comic signed by uh, L- Larry Hama, it's pretty cool, mm-hmm. and... I got it before like the value started to shot uh, shoot through the roof. Right. I feel um, like
1: between me and my brother, we were one of us or both of us was collecting GI Joe, and I, I would hope that we still have a copy of that, but I doubt it.
0: It's a really great issue. Oh yeah, you I know, remember story, reading it. It's laid out. You know, I have um, I bought like a trade paperback that has like the ultimate edition of the. Uh, you know, it's like it's 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 hardcover and it's got like a bigger layout of uh, the Silent Interlude story and a, a follow up. Right. I think that Larry Hammond did too. It was published back in like the early two thousands, so but uh it's pretty it was pretty cool. You know, I definitely have fond memories of reading that the first time and being like, Wow, this is really different. Right. You know. I think I read it first in the G. I. I read the recaps of it in the G.I. Joe uh yearbook, and then I went back several years later when the comic was still really cheap and just tracked it down and got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about to
1: check and see because I think I feel like we did this before to check and see if the the Marvel GI Joe stuff is on Marvel Online, but I don't think it was.
0: No, it can't be because don't, they don't they don't have the license.
1: Right, right, because IDW has the license and they ended up reissuing all of the the Marvel stuff on their yeah. on their site. So yeah, no, I just yeah, and I know hopeful. Yeah. But I didn't think so because the transformer stuff is also gone for the same reasons. Anyway, so that's that. That's cool. Um, animated. Oh, yeah. So animated Star Trek Lower Decks lands CBS All Access debut date and poster. So yeah, that animated uh, thing that uh, is uh uh is coming. Let's see, CBS All Access has set a date for the debut of Star Trek Lower Decks and marked the occasion with a new poster. Thursday, August 6th, uh, is the release date for the pilot episode uh, of the Star Trek Next Generation animated comedy spinoff. And if you're watching the video, you can see the poster um, that goes along with it. That's a nice looking poster. So, yeah.
0: Next up. All right, when season two of The Boys premieres on Amazon Prime, it will pick up on one of season one's lingering plot points. However, it will do so in a rather unorthodox manner. Showrunner Eric Kripke revealed in an interview with Collider that a short film t- entitled Butcher would be released after season two that will fill in the gaps between seasons and reveal what Billy Butcher was up to after disappearing. Originally, the footage that, compr- that comprised the film... Uh, was meant to be in Episode 2 of Season 2, but was cut due to time constraints. Interesting.
1: Hmm. I believe Billy Buster, uh, if this page is to be, is to be believed, is the Carl uh, Urban character.
0: It is. So,
1: there you go. Which makes sense on a couple of different levels, I guess. Um, next up, Umbrella Academy teases a trippy Season 2 trailer later this week, and I'm not sure if it actually came out. Uh, it
0: might have jumped Dropped. Yeah, it like, may have, but here. Was I said it again? Within the last day.
1: Well, two? yeah, this was yeah, this article is from two eight days ago, and it could have, but I did not check to see if it actually dropped. So it very could, could have. Um, and this article that's on the side of this may may be telling of whether that was the case or not. But who knows? Well, you know. There you go. It's out. If it's not out there by the time of this recording, it's probably going to be out there by you hear this in audio form correct next up and last
0: in the cinematic news last, right last but not least and sure to bring joy to one PCN and underscore dirt and well i don't know because we
1: we both are tron fans here but yeah we i don't know this news is kind of scary
0: next go, I mean, go ahead and say it <laughs> <laughs> ever since 2010's tron legacy revived the classic sci-fi film franchise about the inner world of computers. Fans have been hoping Disney would follow up with another sequel. Good news for them because it looks like Tron 3 is not only in development but already has a star attached to it. If this sounds at all familiar, it's because Tron 3 had actually been greenlit back in 2015. Originally going by the name Tron Ascension. Unfortunately, the project was scrapped not long after following the commercial failure of that year's big live-action sci-fi Disney film, Tomorrowland. In the years since, however, rumors have popped up claiming that the movie was actually still happening, but as a reboot. Oy. Starring actor Jared Leto suit no. from Suicide Squad and Blade Runner 2049. Oh, not good. Reboot. Oh, That's, that's no what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's no good.
1: That's no good. Yeah, I uh, I mean he was alright in Blade Runner, but no. No. So yeah, reboot. No well that too, but I mean it's it's Tron, it's a computer. What else are you gonna do? Um But so I, a couple of things of note. One, Jared Leto let her no, please no. Two, I <laughs> like I said uh, both, and I feel like we may have talked about this. Um, note notably that they killed Tron 3 not because of Tron Legacy but Tomorrowland, right? Which is, I don't recall being, I know that's that cloning movie, but I don't recall, I think that was a cloning movie, yeah. Um, I don't know, I've never watched it, and I could probably watch this probably out there regardless, but that was just weird not for legacy. Uh, and two, like I said, Jared Leto, no, please, no, God, no um i would love to stay away that. stay yes. away little i would love to see a tron three just just take him out of the equation and i was going to actually send this to uh, he's probably already seen it but i was going to send this to dirt because like he and i both are, are, are oh i'm
0: sure he's already made comments on it, if i'm not mistaken
1: oh i don't know i didn't see if he has and i did
0: see i was gonna say maybe on social media yeah maybe might have been
1: so, but yeah, that's that's the thing that's probably going to happen. And oh god, Daredevil, jeez, no. So we will transition over to the comic book news. Uh, that would be a perfect transition if if uh, if that loose from last week was was there. Humanoids. Ibrahim Mustafa uh, announces three book deal. So, Humanoids uh, is teaming up with Eisner Award-nominated writer and artist Ibrahim uh, Mustafa for a three-book deal, the first of which is a graphic novel adaptation of The Count of Mighty Christo called Count. And why does that picture that's up here look like Chris Evans in a in an in a Ant-Man suit?
0: I'm not looking at it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. You can't unsee it, folks, if you're watching the video. You just can't. Anyway... Um. See, see. There's a press release here, which we don't necessarily go into, but uh, good for him on that one. So next up.
0: All right. And some interesting news that is timely because... One of the two days involved is today, the date of this recording, Thursday, July 9th, but there is still July 10th. So anyone who is watching this will be able to uh, take advantage of the fact that Valiant Entertainment is now accepting portfolios from aspiring comic book creators, including interior artists, letterers, and colorists. The virtual portfolio review program will take place on Thursday, July 9th, which was today, and Friday, July 10th, from twelve PM to two PM Eastern Standard Time on both days, there is a press release and submission instructions on the attack on the article that is found on CBR. Right. So, if you are a, a, a valiant a, adjacent
1: person that a, a creator, um, especially creative color, let's just put that out there. Uh, go hop on this tonight or tomorrow, or, you know, if you're watching this live. Or if you happen to catch this before, actually, I don't know if the show's even going to be out before um, before the deadline is up. So hopefully you're watching this live, and I think I have pretty much have retweeted this. So it is, hopefully. The people that need to see it saw it. Next up, um, Deceased. Spoiler, convinced Damien to become the new Batman. So if you've been keeping up on Deceased, and I'm like, this is not a spoiler, but at the same time, I guess it is if you've not read deceased. But um or even the the the, 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 the story that this is coming out of which is deceased hope for worlds in number four. Um so yeah so basically in the world of disease Batman died real early and Damien basically ended up being Batman. But apparently somebody had to talk him into it and no surprise it was uh the Superman that is still around which is John uh, Kent uh, because uh Clark is dead also in this universe, actually, well, yeah, he is dead ish if I'm not mistaken because I think he's still alive, but he's a zombie now and causing havoc somewhere if I'm not mistaken, I don't remember um actually, I do remember, but regardless, none of that it, all that is what it is, so basically in this is in this story basically it talks about uh the fact that. John talked Damien into actually putting on the suit even though Batman said hey this is your legacy now you know you, you do the thing and since John and John and Damien were best friends as much of the best friends as Damien's ever going to have
0: this makes a whole lot of sense next up next up DC Comics writer Tom King took Dean Kane, idiot to task over several comments he made concerning Superman. Kane, who portrayed the Man of Steel on the 90s television series Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, was a guest on faux news where he attacked the recent criticism of the portrayal of police in film and on television. He says, quote, uh, that as Superman... He wouldn't today be allowed to say truth, justice in the American way. Kane said during the interview, what a fool. Yes. In response, King tweeted a page from his and Andy Kubert's comic book, Superman up in the sky, which features the character of Sergeant Rock saying, I believe in the American way. And um, uh, I guess he tweeted this or I guess he put this into the this is his this is Tom King saying
1: Tom uh, Tom uh, King tweeted what that next part he said. Yeah.
0: Right. Tom King says, Motherfucker, I put it in a comic this year. Shake my head.
1: <laughs> yes, I saw that tweet. I'm like, yes, get him. Matter of fact, so, you, can, you can see the discourse uh, at the bottom of this article. Um, yeah. Go jump in a lake, Tom K- uh, Dean Cain. Seriously. Pretty much. And I will say this next one uh, and call something else that is not comics related, but anyway, you'll understand why. It's Tom uh, Scott Snyder I but hyperbole, good God uh destroys Dean Kane with a single board it's that's so much hyperbole and they're just so sad um so look context so there was a tweet that was put out, and th- some of you have seen this these kind of tweets, and some folks say, you know, who is this or what is this wrong answer only well, somebody did that with uh, Dean Kane's version of uh, Superman, and amongst other people's well before this. Despite the fact that Scott Snyder is getting the credit for this, but uh, there's a few different people said Superman before this article even came out. So, but you understand why Snyder was given the credit because he's a comic creator and people are sniffing his jock. But anyway, like I said, multiple people have done this and it was it was a nice dig. So, uh, and then uh, apparently Kane later replied, writing cute, but that ship has already sailed, Scott. So, yeah. not understanding.
0: Not understanding.
1: Yeah, basically. And this is the point where I will say. So, once upon a time, back in the day, if you're a certain vintage, uh, one, Dunt Kane, uh, was in a show. Well, played a part in a show called uh, A Different World. Some of you of um, may know of this show. He played basically a racist, and a bigot. Uh, that that was um, you know, that caused an altercation with one of the main characters, well, two, of, a couple of the main characters after a football game, and, uh, and I, I thought I had tweeted that already because there's was there was, a, there was a still a, a one a link to that to that um to that part of the show, and who knew that asshole was going to be that way in real life, who be to be that crazy person in real life. That's all. If you ever get to see that episode, you can go check it out, or if you see the the gifs. Um, associated with it, have at it. Next up,
0: all right. Uh, next up, uh, professional cartographer Jared Blando has illustrated an ornate map of the re- of the remade world of DC's Dark Knights Death Metal event, which I think the next issue is out next week. Uh, it builds on things you would expect and that, that that had a big impact on the DCU, but also things that we think should have had a bigger impact than they did Snyder told Newsarama uh, slash Games Radar about Death Metal earlier this year and we're building something that makes it all make sense a gigantic epic crescendo to this era of DC Comics that says everything you read matters that's the post-it on his computer right now
1: okay and sir I'm going to need that one sound effect that after uh, that should play every time someone mentions Dark Knight Death Metal
0: excellent
1: Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Next up. um, Batman Animated Series gets Mondo Artbook from Phantom City Creative. Uh, Mondo and Insight Editions have teamed up to publish an artbook showcasing the style and aesthetic of Batman Animated Series with art and design from Phantom City Creatives' Justin Erickson and a foreword from series co-creator Paul Denny. Uh, The book titled Batman the Animated Series, the Phantom City Creative Collection... Uh, is due out October 6th through Insight Editions. And not Inside Editions, that trash uh, Tabloid show. Um, but you can go check Mondo's site uh, at some points. I don't see... Who... It may be out there now, but it's probably going to be up there later. So, to get the ordering information. It's a cool-looking cover.
0: Next up. Next up. Um... A fan-designed helmet debuted on Twitter as a possible workaround for NFL players to use during uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. The helmet creates a full cover on the eyes and includes a breathable mask around the mouth, eliminating the chance for players contracting something from others. While this this is fully a fan creation and not an official concept from the NFL itself, the helmet does feel reminiscent of a classic but tragic hero from Marvel Super Pro. Do you remember God super there's pro? a whole su- there's another paragraph explaining who's, who who's Super Pro is? I mean oh, CPR always
1: yeah Super Pro always, I mean um, CPR always does this, so that's not well. some of the all of them do this every sometimes yeah go through the lengths of this. I remember Super Pro vaguely. I don't think I ever picked up the book. Uh, I
0: only saw it on the stands.
1: Yeah. Never picked it up. So, and also I'm sitting here thinking that I'm probably going to catch flex from this, but do we really need football enough to where they can't just, you know, to where this needs to be a thing? Like, sure, they could use this helmet, I guess, but we don't need football that badly. I know I'm going to catch that from the the sports fans, but whatever. Uh, And, yes, here's a a picture of uh, Super Pro. You can go look him up. Uh, at your own leisure, because that was woof. Uh, <laughs> not the first time they've done a sports and comics uh, mix like that, and definitely probably wouldn't be the last. I wouldn't be surprised if Super Pro comes up in some comic book at some point, because that's probably one of the few things they haven't referenced in the last few years. Right. Anyway, um, next up, um, Dynacate's gears up to launch three new creator-owned series. It's all this time, boy, people just, you know, bouncing on these creators, which makes sense. You got to use the time somehow. Uh, writer Donny Cates' this is Marvel Comics titles, Thor and Venom, have finally started again, following the, a pause due to the industry-wide COVID-19 shutdown. While But while these comic books were on hold, Cates was able to focus on his creator-owned comic books. Uh, in addition to wrapping up his work on his series, Baby Teeth, uh, Cates has been preparing to launch no less than three still-untitled creator-owned comics series along with some artists who should be very familiar to longtime fans of kate's work and then the rest is an article with uh newsorama and Kate about said things so hey good for him to, you know i mean it makes sense like yeah sure you can take a break but you know you still do some stuff while you're while you're um while you're on lockdown and it's not like comic book artists have to actually don't actually work from home in the first place in a lot of cases or comic creators in general. So,
0: yeah, why not? Next up. A real-life Judge Dredd slash Megacity experience is opening in London in 2020, God willing. Hmm. In 2020, in 2021, that is, one section of real-life London will be transformed into the dark, neo-future London of 2000 ADs Judge Dredd. Welcome in advance to Brit Sit. London's Crystal Maze Live Experience has announced plans for a new attraction entitled Judge Dread Uprising, the live experience. Scheduled to launch in spring 2021, the attraction will include five zones, a laser tag combat area, and more. Okay.
1: Until it actually uh, comes to life and takes over London for real, and then the world as we know it ends up becoming Judge Dredd cause it's already getting there oh. uh, Jamila Jamila Rouser on launching her own comic book publishing company so this is a um, an article from CBR so if you are black twitter adjacent in any amount of way you may or may not have seen this name uh, around in places I definitely have um, uh, it says here inspired by Jose Manga uh, wait Inspired by Jose Manga, manga-oriented for teen girls and young women, comic book creator and editor Jamila Rouser set out to create her own publishing platform in Black Jose Press. Um, producing comics and merchandise by Black women creators, including titles by Rouser herself, uh, the publisher has been putting out new titles steadily since May 2019, 2018, excuse me, uh, including the world award-winning debut title, Wash Day. Oh, okay, that one I do know. Uh, showcasing the femi- black female creative voice in the comic book medium, because they keep saying, like, hey, you know, if you don't like what's out there, create your own, and she definitely did that. So, good on you, and like I said, the rest is a interview with CBR uh, uh, with her about that that you should definitely check out.
0: Next up, All right. Um, In an oral history of Carol Kalish, this is a a piece on gamesradar.com slash newsarama, uh, she is the most important comic book figure you've never heard of, um, you know, in the history of Marvel Comics. She was a vibrant personality. Um, She, I guess, you know, did a lot of behind-the-scenes Uh, things at marvel but why haven't you ever heard of carol Kalish? a lot of the answer is time and tide time that has passed and time that has only seemingly washed away her many accomplishments so uh, take a look at this oral history on uh, the games radar newsorama website
1: that and a lot of works of women usually gets buried because of reasons that are very clear in this climate nowadays next up Infamous Iron Man gets a Funko Pop upgrade. Um, So Funko has released another look at one of its exclusive figures. This one features a a Marvel villain turned hero. A little late for this because I don't think that books even um, around anymore. Although there is a Dr. Doom book regardless. The Halloween Comic Fest uh, Pop exclusive is of Victor Von Doom as the infamous Iron Man. Uh, This Funko Pop will glow in the dark and give off an ominous vibe. So, sure. Oh, it looks like the figure will come with a copy of Avengers 35, which places the Funko uh, front and center. And you can see the tweet uh, from Funko about this pop. It looks like he's doing jazz hands, but, you know.
0: That is that. Next. All right, next up. Uh, Marvel is teasing Null is Coming, K N U uh, L L. Marvel Comics is teasing a big story coming later this year for Venom and the Symbiotes, with a full page house ad appearing in this week's Empire magazine that reads Null is Coming 2020. Null is the evil god of the symbiotes, uh, alien beings known as the Clintar that bond with host life forms, the most famous of which is Eddie Brock slash Venom. Um, An evil warrior deity who created the Clintar and their rivals, the Exolons, as well as All Black, the Necrosword, an important artifact in the Thor mythos. So um, this was also teased at the end of the Ravencroft series that that came out last week. Right, we talked about that. And uh, we'll actually see print as confirmed this week.
1: Yes. So... The whole marvelous teasing, null is coming, has kind of been a thing. We've talked about this in the past few months because, with you know, Silver Surfer Black, uh, kind of featuring them, um, the King Thor series, if I'm not mistaken, that's where the, the um, I don't know if that's the first time where we saw the all black, the, the Necro Sword, but I know that yeah. it's definitely null, yeah. and yeah, so
0: yeah, we've I was been say, definitely, in, in, definitely in Thor where we first saw that, yeah,
1: so we have been seeing. You know we've been seeing no coming for the last few months, so this is not that big of a surprise we've been reading uh, certain comic books, but I guess yeah, this is what it is uh, and if you've read comics for a long for a long enough time, sometimes you can kind of tell like this is clearly leading up to something like we're still waiting for whatever that Mephisto thing's gonna be' Because um, mm-hmm. clearly there's got to be more to that than what we've gotten so far,
0: but next up. It might pay off in Ghost Rider. We'll see. Yeah, maybe. So. All right. Next up. Uh, uh, oh, wait. No. Um, this is yours, right? The go San take, Diego take, Go ahead and take this one. Go ahead and take this one. You sure? Yeah, go ahead. Right. San Diego Comic-Con is doing things a little differently this year. Entitled Comic-Con at Home. Because everything's at home right now. You'll have a front row seat to some of the biggest names in comics and entertainment without having to deal with the crowds clambering towards Hall H. And the first panel details for the late July event have now been revealed. Taking place between July 23rd and July 26th, mark your calendars. The virtual SDCC will feature 300 to 400 panels according to The Wrap. Among the official big name panels so far are... (sighs) Archer, Bob's Burgers, Bill & Ted, a Constantine reunion with Keanu Reeves, The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, new Marvel TV show Hellstrom, The Simpsons, Solar Opposites, What We Do in the Shadows, and a conversation with Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman. Expect the likes of Marvel Studios and Netflix's The Witcher to also feature. While there may be live elements to some programming, it's expected that all panels will be filmed ahead of time by studios and networks and submitted in advance. Okay. So if you
1: think the fact that San Diego was not happening this week, this year and their focus was going to go away from uh, the cinematic entertainment portion of the comic universe, yeah, you're sorely mistaken. Um. Now if they really want to do something so nice they would be like have that uh, maybe they are, I don't know uh, do that Constantine reunion but also add Matt Ryan and just do a whole Constantine thing but they probably wouldn't do that. Hire me. Thank you very much. Um, and I'm just slightly joking about that but that would be cool to see. I still have yet to see uh, by the way Keanu's uh, Constantine. Side note. Next up Marvel reverses course on digital-only series finales, and I know Agent Seventy-One at this one because he's very excited about this one. will now go to print. Um, several Marvel Comics issues will be coming to print soon, including Hawk and Freefall, Ant-Man, and Ghost Spider, which should have been should have not just gone digital only. I, I know that's a comment that would probably be mentioned. Uh, mm-hmm. These titles had previously switched to digital only format in light of the COVID-19 corona uh, pandemic. It would not be available in print form starting this June excuse me, just August. My apologies. Uh, the shift comes towards the end of Diamond Comics' distribution shutdown. we already know the part. So, if yeah. there's a list. Oh uh, yes. So the list is not going to go ahead and do this regret. The full list of titles that will be released through August and uh, September are ant Man's 4 and 5, which we've already seen. Huh. Um, Marvel's Spider-Man The Black Cat Strike 4 and 5, Star 4 and 5, Hawkeye Freefall, as we said, uh, 5 and 6, um, which I thought that was only five issues, but okay, sure. Because I do remember seeing 6 in there. Uh, Revenge of the Cosmic Ghost Rider number 5, 2020 Force Works number 3, Ghost Spider number 9 through 10, Uh Avengers- I know, right? Uh, Avengers of the Wasteland 4 and 5. Yay, cool. Uh, uh, one dear, near and dear to both uh, Agent 70 and Mind's Hearts. Valkyrie, Jane Voster number 10. Yay! And Ravencross 4 and 5. Um, original heroes Arrow and Swordmaster would also see issue 10 of their series in print form. Yay! So, yay. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, there's a catch. Um, unlike other comics uh, aside from wait aside from revenge of the ghost Rider cosmic ghost rider number no. five these print editions will seemingly not contain a digital code and apparently this is more likely due to the fact that they were released in digital form first which that's a cop out and a bs in addition to seeing print as a single issue the comics will also be reprinted in trade paperback format which they were going to do anyway so it's a bummer about the digital codes because that, that is a very lacking reason as to why um, why they're not doing the the codes. That's kind of dumb. But hey. wait, Kitty used the N word and God loves man kills. You know what? Let me move away from that. But yeah, there you go, folks. So if you were think if you are a collector and think you were going to miss out on a couple of issues of any of that that was mentioned, you will not it'll just be coming uh next month starting next month mm-hmm. so cool
0: next up you never read that god loves man kills uh no i have not actually because i think that was it's available, we available in marvel about. it's sort of it's available in marvel unlimited oh, not yeah, I know. the version yeah. that came out today or this week it's got apparently some new bookended material like beginning and ending
1: and i suspect some editing
0: uh no oh well, possibly but the the version that's in um the version that's in marvel marvel unlimited is uh i believe still remains true to the original so hmm. you should take a look at that and, and and then read i guess that essay that's in uh cbr yeah, um that comments right. on it yeah because um, we talked about I,
1: it but but we didn't we weren't really serious about doing that as a as a, as a evergreen
0: right anyway our last Our last story of the night is uh, about Marvel Comics and Scholastic Publishing have partnered for a new line of original graphic novels aimed at young readers. This is good news. Mm -hmm. The characters featured in these books will include the likes of Shuri, Kamala Khan, slash Miss Marvel, and leading the charge in the partnership's very first release, Miles Morales' Spider-Man. It's written by Justin A. Reynolds? Reynolds. Uh, uh, um, and illustrated by Pablo Leon, uh, Miles Morales' Shockwaves is set to kick off the new publishing initiative next spring. Marvel promises the new Spider-Man OGN will introduce readers to a riveting new story that will thrill both new and well-versed comic readers alike. Um, Miles Morales' Shockwaves arrives in 2021 from Marvel Comics and Scholastic. That's good news.
1: Yeah, I will probably jump on some of those. And only now, if only um, some of the characters mentioned outside of Miles would actually have for comic books again. Because that would be lovely. Marvel. Anywho, so that is the end of the comic book news, and we are at the end of the comic book chronicles. How about one more ad read, please, sir?
0: Our last ad read of the night is for Funko, Fun at First Sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles, such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel including t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise, such as custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off, and to help keep our show free for you, Go to our network website at cspn.us, that's cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko, through cspn.us, do it today!
1: And as we come to the close of uh, another uh, fine episode of the Comic Book Chronicles, if you watch the video, you will understand why that sound effect was just there. Um... Thank y'all for coming out, as you do every every week or whenever you choose to uh, listen and or watch this here program. We appreciate it. Uh, we will be back next week, Same Bat Time, Same Bat Channel, here on the Click Nation's uh, YouTube channel, Which because I totally forgot to say that earlier, but it's fine. This is the, the place for this. 9.30pm-ish, uh, around about that, where we record live on the YouTubes. Um, but, for my, okay, yeah, so I was waiting. I'm sorry. <laughs> For myself, Roddy Cat. You can find me at Roddy Cats on Twitter. You can find me at News Need on Twitter. Also, uh, oh, excuse me, um, CB Caps on Instagram. Uh, Agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram. No other sites you want to do or anything like that. Nope. Oh, real quick. I'm sorry. Lord have mercy. I forgot. Kind of a toy corner um, impromptu. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, real quick. Um, and I don't have a shot for myself, I don't think. But that's fine. It doesn't matter to do. Here we go. Hey, I got something in the in the mail, um, folks. And we have been talking about this. And I'm just going to... That's even not going to even work. There we go. There it is. There we go. So as you can see here, I hold in my palm... Uh, the Star Wars, I guess this is, a, it's a black series, uh, the Mandalorian, the child figure, which looks like a, a miniature, but I mean, it's a baby, we all know this, so.
0: He's 50! <laughs> 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 yeah,
1: there we, there we go, there we go, oh lord, there we go. So yeah, you can see that, um, there he is, I, I, have, I hold baby Yoda in the palm of my hand at this point. Um, there we go, I gotta put myself behind it. Um, along with a uh, little bit, little bitty frog and whatever this other thing is right there. But this thing is itty bitty. So that's kind of funny. And of course, you know, it's the, the choking hazard warnings on the back and all that kind of get mess, but it's cute. And I will probably never take it out of the box because I might lose it. If it come with the little, little floating pram thing, that would be a whole nother thing. I could probably you know, put it up somewhere, but that is that folks. Anyway, for the rest of the outro, uh PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter. uh on Twitter. Pop com. And all those umbrella sites therein. And also the Vine Replacement by YTE under Comic Reviews. No uh, vowels. Also the Osiris Citizen-ish one. Tim D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. Um... Uh, the Click Nation on Twitter, that's D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N com, where I would imagine at some point you will probably see some of these, um, you should see these episodes, um, up, but you can definitely see old episodes up there also along with uh, the CSPN. But, uh, you can also find him at Comic Book Resources where he's over there writing his face off. Uh... We are on the Cold Slither Podcast Network. That's the CSPN.us. Do it today. Go check out uh, this show and other shows of the like, and also all shows of the Cumber Chronicles on there. So, yeah, there you go. Um, You can also check us out on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether that be Google Play, Apple iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, or the Cold Slither Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. We'll be back, folks. I believe we're we pretty much got some more new releases next week if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yes, yes. But uh, stay in touch with us because uh, we will always be reviewing the upcoming list of books. I believe there should be enough next week for us to do as well. But in in the event that there are not, and we you know, and and uh, shipping schedules change because that does happen. It does, especially in the fluid nature of. Uh, Of of so much of what we have to deal with nowadays, Um, you know, given the fluid nature of everything, just stay on, you know, just uh, stay in touch with us via social media, and we will see, you know, and you will be able to tell you whether or not we're we're going to be covering um, new book releases, or we'll have something that's slightly more evergreen. Yeah, and we'll probably have a review in
1: probably one or two weeks, probably actually about two or three weeks. I'm not sure how long it's going to take those ships of those masks. That Disney and Marvel will put out because we said that yeah, (laughs) we said a while ago when they announced those things like yeah we should yeah well we knew it was going to be lasting longer than it is and sure enough we were right because you know we're not crazy and they're
0: going to be out out soon because I did get a notification about one of my shipments uh, getting ready to go out it's not one of mine but it's one of the the ones I got for family so um, but it's only one of two going to them so. You know They're going to be going over the next several weeks. So oh, we yeah. just have to be, unfortunately, very patient. Exactly.
1: Hopefully, I don't think I'm going to need to check my email and see if i got gotten one of those. Uh, but who knows? Because I think I did mine later than you did anyway. So they, they could have been. Uh, something could have happened. It doesn't matter. Regardless, folks, we will be back next week. Uh, same bad time, same bad channel. This, folks. <clears throat> I was just me clearing my throat yeah 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 okay you have to be of a certain vintage for that one let me wrap this up I do sound like a crazy
0: person right now this is the comic book chronicles peace peace one i have the honor to be your obedient servant agent 70 that is a hamilton reference y'all go out and watch that i love it when a plan comes together mm uh-huh.